recording. All right. I, I was at a, I was waiting for a stop sign. <laughs> I think it just depends on where you're driving to because you're going to like one bar to three bars. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like I said, on my end, it's recording fine. So it's recording the local video just fine. Okay. Uh, so, choppy on your all's end. You guys are so um, that that's that's and the only. Uh, you know, the only other thing I will say is that podcasts, when they do this, um, sometimes there's bad audio in it and, that, and nobody cares. It's expected. Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast that's all in the name. Good coffee with great conversation. Here's your host, Larry Vincent. Hey guys, welcome to the Coffee and Conversation podcast. I am your host. And as I say, every session or every episode this season, the host of the Coffee and Conversation podcast. Uh, and with me, as always, is our co-host extraordinaire, <laughs> Autumn Coffee, uh, not to be associated with Coffee and Conversation. Hi, Autumn. <laughs> I don't even know what to say after that introduction. So, yeah. <laughs> hi. <laughs> Uh, you know, for the if you're a first time listener to us today, this is this is just friendly banter. I don't. Uh, I she is 100 uh, percent equal in our season. I give her a lot of junk about right. Yes. Right, Autumn. We're here. We're good. Yes. We're family. Yeah, we're here. We're family. That's right. We're <laughs> family, and I love the fact that we're family. Um, this is our second to last episode of the season. Autumn, how how are you feeling so far? I'm digging it. I've loved hearing um, all the different stories and uh, just connecting with people. And I hope that our listeners have uh, maybe heard somebody that they could relate to. And um, yeah, I'm excited about the rest of our episodes. I, I have to say, and we'll get uh, more. Actually, this isn't the second to last. Uh, this is the third to last because Autumn and I We'll be doing a, uh, a, a an episode with just the two of us to reflect fully on the season. Um, is that news to you, Autumn? Have I not told you this yet? No, I think you mentioned it. You mentioned it. Okay, so, good. Yeah. See, I am, I am, uh, I am, uh, you know, in the know every now and then. Uh, so, uh, with that, uh, let's get into uh, today's episode. How does it sound? Perfect. I'm ready. For All right. It. All right. Well, guys, I like I want to introduce you to our guest today, uh, Tracy. Tracy, what is your last name again? Last name is Latona. I did not know how to pronounce it, and I didn't want to screw it up. So I appreciate Latona. that. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> Latona. It is. Is that is that a what what kind of uh, background does that name come from? It is Italian. My husband comes from an Italian heritage. Yes, as do I, fellow Italians. Yes, love it up. <laughs> what, what part of Italy is he from? Uh, the hill country, as far as I know. So northern Okay, Italy. yeah, well, I... Okay, well, I am Sicilian, so he may not accept me as a full Italian. Uh, you know, uh, you won't. But I take that heritage on pretty proudly. Yeah, I know. Uh, but I, I refer to the Princess Bride. Uh, you never you never go into a battle of wits with the Sicilian when death is on the line. Uh, so, you know, I have that going for me. 
<laughs> so, all right. Well, uh, Tracy, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Um, uh, this is a really, uh, this is a, a first uh, for us in a lot of ways, because not only is Tracy a uh, guest today, uh, but she will be uh, featured on a bonus episode uh, for, uh, for her financial business, which she'll have a chance to, uh, do a shout out for at the end when we ask for links and contact information and things like that. Uh, but she, and she will be giving us in our bonus episode today, uh, giving us some insight and some, uh, tips on how to, uh, handle your finances, uh, especially as we talk about tax refunds. Uh, and if you haven't spent that stimulus check yet from uncle Stimmy, uh, you'll be able to, uh, uh, she'll, uh, she'll have some uh, insight for that as, as well. So we're all looking forward to that, Tracy. That will be after the episode. Uh, it will mean a separate bonus episode uh, that you can download uh, into your pod catcher. All right. Sound, sounds good. So Tracy, uh, as we get to know you, uh, we always invite our guests to uh, share their story uh, with us. Uh, and, and specifically for you, you're here to talk about the whole and the soul that was created, uh, you know, from uh, your your marriage. And uh, your husband, unfortunately, could not be here today. Um, but uh, we're still going to, uh, you know, let you share that part, that story, uh, however you want to share. So I'm going to open the floor to you and say, hey, tell us what you want us to know. Well, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It is truly my honor to be here. And I'm grateful for the chance to share part of my testimony. Um, so my husband and I have an interesting tale. Um, we were very young when we got married. I was 19, he was 21, and he was on R&R, which is short for rest and relaxation, the two week period during a deployment to Afghanistan. Ooh. So we, uh, we had started dating about six months before he joined the military and Two months into his deployment, we were already engaged. I was like, what am I waiting for? This is dumb. Let's get married. So I threw an entire wedding together in three weeks with the help of his family and some of my family. And um, wow. Right. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah. let's just say my 19 year olds mature for my age, but not mature enough for a marriage had unrealistic expectations of what a fairy tale marriage was going to be like. Okay, so first off, um, this is the story of a thousand military people, uh, especially when it comes to deployment. Uh, you know, uh, I got engaged to my wife halfway through my deployment when I was on leave for my two week leave uh, when I when I came home from Iraq, uh, and we got married six months after I got home from Iraq. We did not plan it in three weeks, though. That is that is something special. That is. <laughs> That is amazing. Um, you know, uh, but you know, when you have as a soldier from a soldier's perspective, right. If you're, if you're, um, you know, thinking about, you know, more, your mortality, uh, you know, that you might not even make it, you know, these kind of things, these, these choices, uh, that some people wait a long time for don't seem as, um, you know, as, uh, uh, seem more oppressive than, than usual. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the way it was for my husband. The phone call where he yeah. called me, where I said, let's just go ahead and get married was actually the phone call that he was going to say, let's, you know, 
crap or get off the pot? You know, is this thing going to happen? Otherwise, <laughs> let's just move on with our lives. <laughs> yep. 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 I, and I appreciate the, I appreciate the censorship in that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Luckily, I was able to speak into it first, and then he completely changed his mind on what he wanted to talk to me about that day. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, so you guys planned this wedding in three weeks, uh, and 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 got married. Yes, and then he went back to Afghanistan for ten months. Whew. How was that? It was rough. Yeah, as an understatement. Um, yeah. I was still living at home and well, not at home. I was on my own by myself living in Illinois. Okay. I had my own apartment at the age of 19, um, supporting myself, was very independent. Um, and he was stationed in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. So I had not taken that move down to North Carolina yet. Um, and the first thing that I remember about being married was it's okay to ask your spouse for help. Mm, yes. But how could you ask for help when he was uh, however many miles away Afghanistan is from Illinois? Well, um, I was working as a waitress. Okay. Paying my own bills. Um, I had moved out of my parents' house at the age of 18. and. Uh, he didn't know that I didn't have grocery money. So when he heard that the church had like filled my back seat full of food, when I mentioned something, he's like, hold the phone, what's going on here. And then yeah. he started up an allotment to make sure that I was taken care of. Okay, so, great. Good for yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So when he got back from deployment, I had this, uh, this idea in my head of, marriage was going to be just like dating. And we had one of his battle buddies as our roommates on top of it. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, needless to say, um, my expectations that were not spoken, that were unrealistic were unmet because I didn't know to prepare that people come home from war different. Yes, they do. Yeah, that's a great statement. And uh, he was able to relate more with his roommate, who was his battle buddy, more than he could with me. And I felt jealous. Sure. And, I, and no one blames you. <laughs> right? I was angry. And uh, I got really, how can I censor this? My attitude stunk to high heck. And uh, caused a lot of problems. So needless to say, his battle buddy ended his military contract, moved away, and it was us two for the first time. And we didn't really know how to communicate very well. We didn't know how to tell each other our feelings without hurting the other and putting blame on the other. So there was a lot of fighting versus conversations, especially around money hmm. and around a lot of things. So over the years, it was like, we knew we loved each other. We just didn't, we weren't on the same page. We did not know how to approach the other in a loving manner to solve problems. So it was like we became 
more and more separated emotionally mm. over, time. over time. Yeah. I was a Christian-ish. Like I went to church every now and again. I read my Bible every day. I prayed, but it was more along the lines of sprinkling my faith across my life instead of living wholeheartedly for Jesus. Explain that a little bit more. What do you mean by sprinkling your faith uh, throughout your life? I was doing things that would not, you never would have guessed that I was a Christian. Like uh, (laughs) in the military, if it's payday, there's a lot of drinking. There's a lot of partying. Of course there is. Yeah. uh, (laughs) My language was not filled with salt and light, but rather lots of foul language. And I said, I love Jesus, but you never would have guessed it by the life that I was living. My actions did not align with my words. Okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So you had, you had a, 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 a trust and a belief in Jesus, but it wasn't living out in your everyday action. Is that a good summary? Nailed it on the head. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And he came from a household where he grew up in a very, very legalistic Baptist church where they beat you over the head with the Bible and said, you're going to hell for listening to Metallica. So when he was uh, kicked out of his house, when he was 18, um, he ran 180 degrees as far as he could, as fast as he could the other way. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's not, that's not uncommon. Right. Right. So was he open to your faith or that was just kind of, this is your thing. I'll do my thing. That was that. Yeah, that was it. Yep. He didn't mind me going to church as long as I didn't drag him with him, drag him Mm -hmm. with me. Right. And he didn't mind that I believed in God and that I loved you. Well, I said that I love Jesus. Um, just as long as I didn't try and involve him in it. Did he have any faith at all in anything or he just thought he, you know what I mean? What was his opinion on, I guess, spirituality in general, or there was just nothing there. You guys didn't talk about that. Um, his belief system was a mixture of paganism versus verging on atheism. Okay. Almost kind of, I, I would say agnostic would be looking back. Agnostic would be a good yeah. So for our, for our listeners who are unfamiliar with the term agnostic, agnostic literally means no knowledge. Um, and uh, it's the, it, it, what it, what it uh, is defined by in our belief system is that we believe in something, we just don't know what that something is. Um, and so it is a form of a higher power. It, it is, they either don't know or don't want to explore or don't care or whatever uh, as to what that higher power is. Um, and so that, so for anyone who has heard that term and didn't know what that meant, that's what it means. Exactly. Exactly. So, so you guys seem to be two very different people. Uh, that, and, and this is what I'm picking up on. Uh, you know, you, you had a faith, albeit by your definition, um, a shallow faith. Um, and, uh, but yet you had a faith and, and he had the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, and that, um, that's not really a good recipe for a marriage at first, is it? 
No, it's not. And the Bible even talks about it with, um, do not be yoked with an unbeliever. When mm-hmm. he's talk- when the Bible's talking about marriage, do not, basically it says, don't be married to an unbeliever. Yeah. Now does your personalities then match or is there a, uh, <laughs> is it, is it an opposites attract kind of thing? Opposites attract kind of thing, but we each have, I'm just, the best way to describe it is a certain weirdness to each of our own personalities that we like about each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. He is very, very much a metalhead. It took me a long time to appreciate that and get onto that scene. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I've. If you look at him and you look at me, you never would have thought. You never would have thought. But just something in us, in our hearts, in our spirits, mm-hmm. just always was attracted to the other. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, Autumn, uh, but I, I find that to be uh, true of, of my wife and I, um, my wife and me. Uh, Heather and I are two exact opposite people. Um, you know, uh, she is more conservative and I'm, I'm more moderate to, you know, moderate. And, uh, I see things slightly different than she does. Uh, but yet, uh, we come together and, uh, you know, are, are united in, in, in Christ, uh, united, uh, in our faith, united in our love for one another and for our children. Uh, you know, and, and, and then things like that is what draws us together. Is that true for you, Autumn, with you? and Oh yeah. And I, I see it more and more. And, and, you know, the person that doesn't have tattoos marries the person that does have tattoos. That's kind of how it goes. (laughs) Like, you know, somebody is, uh, you know, the more reserved and, and, and maybe more, um, yeah, just, you know, that quieter personality. And then there's the other one who, um, is the emotional person that probably is a little bit more outgoing and, and you get married. That's how it works. (laughs) That's exactly how it works. And, and I don't know, um, you know, again, if this is true for you all, but it's, there's that one common denominator, um, that draws the, uh, the, the two, um, opposites, uh, together, you know, uh, you guys, uh, Tracy, you mentioned that there was, you know, something in your hearts that aligned you to, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Autumn, uh, for you and Brian, there was an, there was an obvious connection in your past, right. Um, you know, uh, and for Heather and I, it was, you know, uh, to, um, you know, not, not to, not to, uh, you know, boast for us, it was our, our faith in Christ and our desire to help people, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and so that's the stuff, um, you know, that's the stuff that we, that we tend to do, you know? So, so what was that thing inside, um, y- your heart, Tracy, with you and your husband, what, what was that common denominator for you? Mm. Getting a little deep here, but both of our mothers passed away at a very, very young age. I was six and he was 13. So we both had a different perspective on life that helped Mm -hmm. us understand each other better. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So it was your backgrounds that that did that. Okay. So, okay. So we carry that into, um, you know, your, your marriage. Uh, and let, let's talk a little bit about, uh, your, 
marriage rock bottom, so to speak. And again, speak to whatever you're comfortable speaking to. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, what did that moment look like? Uh, what did that season look like for you and your husband? Mm. Well, I was very aloof. I thought that everything was going great because we had that lack of communication and he had learned how to hide things very, very well emotionally. Um, I, we were just sitting on the couch one day watching TV and he looked over at me and he said, listen, things have been really difficult for a long time. They're not getting better. We've tried to talk about it. I feel like I can't talk to you. You don't listen. I want a divorce. Mm. I don't see any other way to, to fix this. Were you blindsided or you were just sitting there about to change the channel, you know, watching your TV every night and, and that was news to you. You knew things maybe weren't the best that they were, could be, I guess. Um, maybe that you didn't have the most stellar marriage, but for you, it was just, you were trucking along and yeah. That's exactly the way it was for me. And for him, he had been thinking about it for a long time. Um, and we just, we just didn't know how to communicate in a way to resolve problems. So that turned it into no communication. So because we weren't communicating, I was on cloud nine thinking, yeah, things are okay. When he, on the inside, like he was hurting. I think, um, you know, Brian and I are doing this thing right now, going through this experiment with, um, I say experiment, that's a horrible word for it, but, um, we're going through a class, um, a trial class that, uh, one of our friends has kind of started where, um, it's all about relationships. They own a place down in Bloomington, uh, center for thriving relationships. Like, and we're really looking at communication styles and, you know, it's amazing how many couples that I know personally, and I think in general, you know, we're taught a lot of different things in life, but we're not really taught how to communicate with other people, especially our spouses, um, you know, and, and everyone has triggers and everyone has, you know, um, guilt and shame around certain issues that they're sensitive to. And, you know, especially when we're angry, how we can hot, hot press that button and, you know, and so, it's interesting that you said, you know, all this stuff was going on in his head and he felt like he couldn't talk to me. And, you know, um, I think, how did that make you feel that here's your best friend who's some, you know what I mean? And, and for him, he felt like he couldn't come to you and tell you these things. It destroyed me. I mean, he had been out of the military for three years. We had moved to a couple of different states trying to find our niche. So there was already a lack of stability. Trying to figure out where we fit in in the world after his military career. Uh, he was in for six years with two deployments. And um, at that point, he... he 
wanted to find something that would make him happy. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I was not it. I was, I still had those unrealistic expectations. I was very controlling. I tried to control my situation because of fear of abandonment. Fear of uh, not being able to be financially stable. And uh, so that, that turned me into bridezilla, except in marriage. <laughs> sure. Yeah, fear, fear tends to do that to people, you know, it brings out the worst yeah. in us. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys had that conversation or you uh, discussion, I, I, not really a conversation, you, you got that information and then kind of where, where did you go from there? I did not want the divorce. Okay. I did not want the divorce. I fought it. I told him, we'll go to marriage counseling. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll change. But by that point for him, it was, it was already too late. Like he, Mm. he he just could not see things getting better. Had you guys done anything previously? Like you said, he said he felt like he couldn't talk to you, but up until that point, what had you guys done anything outside of your marriage to work on your marriage? We hadn't done anything. Okay. We, we had never had any sort of premarital counseling because we got married basically shotgun wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, right. We we didn't do marriage counseling. Um, and so we, we didn't have the tools. Right. So there was no outside help that you guys had sought before deciding that this was the end. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yep. So long story short, um, jumping into that period of when we were actually divorced, I had moved out, got my own place. I was an emergency medical technician working 65 to 75 hours a week, just to pay bills. Um, And that was when I truly devoted my life to Christ because I knew when he said that he wanted a divorce, that there was no way that I was going to be able to get through this without God, without Jesus. I would have ended up in a mental institution. Mm. I had put so much of my own identity in my husband and being Mm. his wife and then having that stripped away it literally felt like half of myself was missing Mm. ripped away. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you, how did you seek out Christ in that moment? Did you, did you find a pastor? Did you go to church? Did you pray? What, what, what did you do? So I had heard of a church that really preached good biblical biblical teachings, the kind that wasn't afraid to step on your toes in the name of truth, not a Mm -hmm. sugarcoat church. Mm -hmm. So I went there and the first time that I walked in through those doors, I kind of hid in the back and the, you know, done with the worship service. The pastor was getting up and ready to preach and said, hold on a minute the Holy spirit is telling me that somebody 
needs prayer for surgery. Not physical surgery, but emotional heart surgery. And I want to pray for that person. So, of course, I'm bawling in the back. <laughs> and like four people yeah. come up and touch my shoulder and start praying for me. Did you, give any, did you give any indication to that you were the one that needed prayer for? Or they, they just saw you crying and assumed it was you? They just saw me crying and assumed it was me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good assumption on their part. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so these people prayed over you and you, you felt God moving in your, in your, in, in, in your heart. And, um, and, and was, that, was that it? You were locked in, ready to go from that moment on? Or? Yeah, that was when I knew that that was the church that I needed to be in. Yeah. And yeah. there was another, an older couple who had a restored marriage where they had gone through divorce and they got remarried afterwards. Oh, wow. So Great. when I told them that I was going through a divorce, they're like, okay, you need to go talk to these people. <laughs> uh, awesome. So, so how, cause you know, um, people are hearing your story right now and they're thinking, how is this, uh, you know, uh, filling this hole, you know, because your story doesn't seem to have, uh, outside of your renewed faith, uh, a good a good ending. Uh, but we we know that uh, the ending is is different than what people are expecting. So what happened then with your marriage? How did you get your marriage? Uh, how did God get your marriage back to where it is today? The only way that my marriage was able to be restored was if I put my identity in Christ instead mm -hmm. of another person. Okay. It was yeah. during it was during that divorce when I was literally face down on the floor, mm -hmm. praying and bawling my eyes out, saying, "Lord, if you want our marriage restored, let it be. And if you want me to be with somebody else, please take these feelings away that I have for for my husband, for my at that time ex husband." Yeah, yeah, that is a bold prayer to have, uh, you know. Uh, and, and it, what we call in the Christian world, a, a sacrificial one, right? Uh, because it's, it's not about what you want necessarily, but what God wants or even what's best for the other, uh, in this case, your husband, um, you know, and so you prayed for God to restore how practically or specifically, uh, what did that look like between you and your husband? Mm-hmm. Well, first off, I want to backtrack and say that I prayed for his salvation first. Okay. Yeah. I wanted him to have accepted Christ and have that changed heart and that renewed spirit before having our marriage restored. Otherwise, it just was going to be the way it was before. Right. So during this time where he and I were divorced, even though at that point he was dating other people, we couldn't stop calling each other. Oh, really? Just every couple of weeks, we'd call in and check on each other. And he would tell me about his then girlfriend. And I'd be like, I know I'm biased, but she's sending up red flags and she's crazy. You need to get out. <laughs> and three days later, he would call me. So you were right. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, go ahead. He was at a point where he reached his lowest points, where he was ready to end it all. Okay. And right before he was about ready to follow through with his plan, 
he cried out to the Lord. He said, God, if you're real, prove it. Yeah. I'm tired of doing things my way. My way doesn't work. Mm. I want to give this thing a try. If you're real, prove it. We call it the Gideon prayer. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, for those who are, again, unfamiliar, because we have some people who don't uh, know the Christian faith, the Gideon uh, the Gideon prayer is when God asks uh, asks Gideon to lead an army, um, you know, and Gideon does not want to do it because he does not think he's good enough. Um, and so he says, here's what I'm going to do, God. I'm going to throw this fleece on the ground. Uh, and if the grass is wet, but the fleece is dry, uh, then I'll know that this is what you want me to do. And that's exactly what happened. The grass was wet. The fleece was dry. But that wasn't good enough for Mr. Gideon. No, he had to pray a second time. This time, I want the fleece wet, and I want the ground dry, you know, just to make sure that this is from you. Uh, and, and that's exactly what happened. And so Gideon became uh, obedient and, and followed through with God's, with God's command. And so your husband had this fleece test, uh, and, and obviously God, God came through. He did. He did. And my husband then genuinely surrendered his life to Christ. It wasn't the get out of hell prayer that he prayed when he was growing up. It was genuine, full-on surrender to Christ. Lord, yeah. I need you. I, I can't mm -hmm. do this life without you. Please help me. Yeah. Yeah. And so when that faith was restored for him, then, uh, then was it... Um, moving on to restoring your marriage or did that still take some time? It happened a lot faster than I would have liked to, to be honest. Okay. I, I had my own timelines of, I wasn't going to date anyone for at least a year. And I had to be dating that person for at least a year before I would get engaged or get married, whatever. Right. Right. And it was during that time where I saw such a drastic, genuine change in him. At first I thought he was, I was, I was like, okay, how long is this going to last? Yeah. Is he pretending or is this real? Mm -hmm. And the more that I tried to put up walls because I was afraid, I wanted to be remarried to him. I wanted our marriage restored, but I still had that fear of, is, is this too soon? Is this real? How long is this going to last? Um, the closer and closer we became. Yeah. And we both got baptized during this time. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And it was like, I told him when he came out of that water, it was like his old self, his whole past had been washed away. Yes. Yeah. So, and that's what we believe about, uh, about faith and salvation, right? When we come to Christ, we believe that our our past the things that uh have marked us in a bad way um are are completely forgotten in the eyes of god uh in the mind of christ uh and we are we are what the bible says is a new creation a uh, completely different person or the person we were always meant to be is how i always put it uh and that seemed to be the case for you and your husband mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was yeah so Despite my own personal timelines of at least two years, we were remarried nine months later. Okay. Awesome. And how long ago was that? 
June of 2017. So we are coming up on four years of remarriage and <laughs> 12 years total of marriage. Great. Great. Now, as we kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know, wrap up this, this part of our conversation, um, let me, let me ask you this. Uh, it's obvious to you, uh, or to us, uh, that it was your faith that filled that hole up. Yes. Um, now that that has happened, uh, how has uh, your marriage benefited from that? And uh, how do you go through tough times now differently than you did uh, your first go around? It is completely night and day. Whereas before it felt like we were working against each other to try and get what we wanted. We're now working mm -hmm. together with a common goal. Yeah. We, we still have dark times. We still have rough patches. We still argue. We're, we're married. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of trying to fix it ourselves, we look to the perfect example of what marriage should be. And that's Christ in the church. Yeah. And we look yeah. at Christ's grace and mercy and forgiveness. And we try to bring those characteristics into our marriage. Okay. And All right. That it's more, our communication has gotten so much better because we ask, Lord, help us to communicate. Lord, we're stuck on this fighting point. Please help us see past this. Help us through this. And he does. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a huge lesson to learn. Uh, you know, uh, having uh, Christ in your life is not a, uh, a magic uh, solution to all your problems. Uh, it's not that it's not that you're never going to fight again or you're never going to have a dark moment. Uh, you know, you can have a Christian faith and go through issues. Um, you know, speaking, you know, speaking from a perspective of PTSD on my end, uh, you know, and and the things that your husband battles with from being deployed twice, um, and plus uh, what you guys have gone through in the last, you know, 12, 13 years. Uh, you know, there, there's, uh, there's a lot to, to learn from that. And, and just because you have Christ in your life, it doesn't mean that you won't have these issues. It just means that you'll deal with them differently. Exactly. Uh, because because of your faith and that's that's really the biggest thing that i encourage people to know is that look you're going your life will probably still suck if it sucks right now uh, <laughs> uh, and if it doesn't there will be times where it will suck uh and and you're going to be tempted to think well what the crap is all this uh christianity about well it's not about keeping you from your life sucking it's helping you deal with the suckiness differently Mm -hmm. Right. Um, uh, and, and that's, that's important to know. Um, Autumn, do you have any, uh, anything, uh, to add to this as we kind of wrap up? I don't think so. I've enjoyed hearing her story. Um, I think a lot of people can relate, um, you know, especially after being in a pandemic and sitting in a house, uh, with your spouse, maybe that's probably the most time, uh, some of us have spent with our significant other in quite a long time. So, yeah. um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think that really is important for us coming out of COVID. Uh, now we're, we're understanding, uh, you know, that there's been some issues or some stresses in our, in our marriage. Now, how do we deal with that? And, 
uh, Tracy, I, I, I appreciate uh, your perspective, which I agree with wholeheartedly as a Christian uh, to, uh, to then take your issues to Christ and, uh, and to focus on those things and to find a church um, that, that, that can help you instead of uh, inhibit you. Uh, and I think that is also in, important. Um, and so, Tracy, I want to give you the final words. And, and, and here's the question I've been asking all of our guests uh, thus far. Um, and, and, and that's this. If you are put in front of a couple uh, that is going through the same thing uh, that you went through, uh, what advice would you be giving them? Put your identity in Jesus. Okay. It okay. is and how good. And how does one do that? When you when, when somebody hears put my identity in Christ, um, if they're not a Christian at that moment, um, you know, how do you tell them to put their identity in Christ? What's that practical step they can take? The practical step is salvation, accepting, yeah. knowing that Jesus is the Son of God. And that he loves yep. you so much that he died on the cross for you. And yes. that he rose yep. again three days later. So that, that salvation and then receiving that salvation and then looking to Christ for your wholeness, asking God, asking Jesus to fill you instead of trying to put your identity in yourself or your job or your kids or your spouse, because that's not fair to them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's, and that's crucial because look, you know, if you, if you're listening to this and you, you know, we've gotten to the second to third to last uh, episode, uh, this is probably autumn. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the most straightforward uh, faith answer response story that we've had all season. Is that right? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, and I and it's great that it's led up to this moment. Um, and it's not because we've hidden it. Uh, we welcome we welcome natural conversations. And uh, Tracy, to your credit, uh, faith is a natural uh, response to your uh, you know to your personality. And and so I, I I offer this to our listeners. You know, look if you if you want to talk more about this, if you're interested in anything that has been said thus far. Um, feel free to contact me. Uh, you know, you can email me, Larry at communitytransformationpartners.org. Um, you know, uh, or you can come to our uh, our our uh, worship services on Thursday nights at seven o'clock. Uh, again, just email me for directions and time for all that stuff. And uh, and it's basically what we're doing now. We have conversations about faith and ask questions. And every every person, every perspective, every everybody is welcomed. Um, so if that's something you want to do, you can just, you can email me. And so all that to say, um, Tracy, thank you so much, uh, for, for joining us. You're going to stick around for our bonus episode, um, yes. you know, a, a, a quick 10, 15 minute discussion on, on this. And we're excited about that. But for those who can't join us for the bonus episode, we have two things to accomplish. Uh, one is, uh, a, a quick shout out to our to our uh, different ministries and organizations. Uh, and Tracy, as our guest, I want you to go first. Please tell us how somebody can connect with you uh, and your business. Absolutely. So um, to connect with me and my business, there's a couple of different ways. Um, I've got a phone number. Area code is 
665-1127. And I've got an email address, goldenrose, G-O-L-D-E-N-R-O-S-E-F-C, as in financial coaching or Foxtrot Charlie at gmail.com. <laughs> Always got to throw in the army lingo. All right, yeah, uh, and 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 she offers uh, some financial advice, and we're going to test her chops here in a moment. So we encourage you to stick around for that bonus episode. Autumn, you want to hit us up with your deets? Do you like that? That's yeah. cool. I'm hip now. I'm hip. Oh, I love it. The deets. Yeah, I'm giving you the deets. Um, so uh, I'm Autumn Coffee. You can find me on any social media platform. Uh, also, I have a cool little place establishment in Brownsburg, Indiana, uh, energy spot Brownsburg. So, um, we always welcome cool conversations and good vibes. Uh, we got some energy drinks and protein shakes and, uh, anybody's welcome. Awesome. And of course you can reach me, uh, through, uh, my organization, community transformation partners and, and which as of this recording, I am now the executive director of, so, uh, yay. <laughs> um, so if you would like to uh contact uh, me you like that remember uh, last week's sound effects i was saying we needed sound effects uh, that yeah yeah that would have been i'm not i am not turning into a cheesy podcast all right save that for your you own you need the round of applause i was giving it to you executive i, I, I appreciate i appreciate that thank you uh now uh you can find me on the web community transformation partners.org uh you can email me already gave that out but larry at community transformation partners.org um, or you can even uh, text me uh, public our, our, my uh, public cell phone number 812-660-0713. All right, guys, uh, that will do it for us for this episode. Uh, again, stick around for the bonus episode, which should have dropped alongside of this one. All right, we'll see you soon. As always, peace, love, and soul. <laughs>